Hello, welcome to the Alternative Podcast, episode 28. It's just me and Cam today, uh, no guests on. We're wearing our new Alternative merch, coming soon to our website. <laughs> um, yeah, so, should we get started? Yeah, we're happy to take any pre-orders now. Alright, so, first topic of discussion is what's going on in France. Um, the protests have been going on quite a while now, like two months. Yeah. So I heard the protests originally started because of the retirement age got getting pushed uh, back or forward. I don't know how you want to put it. But since then, I've also heard the government have taken the opportunity of these protests, which were getting out of hand to instigate them further, similar to what we heard happened with the BLM protests after the fact. Yeah, well, it's similar to what I've read about it, and I think this is just a theory, but um, I can't remember where I read it or heard it. It was on someone talking about it on YouTube, probably, um, saying that, the protesters are there to push Marxist theories and communism, um, which aligns with what the WEF want to put in place. Um, so at first I was like thinking, this is good, at least the French is like standing up for something. But then it makes you think, is there motives that we shouldn't be really getting behind in a sense? that they're pushing for communism, which is goes along with the WF's agenda. And is this what the French government, President Macron wants? Yeah, like, is it playing into their hands a little bit? Mm. And then sort of you saying you've read the government are pushing the protests even further. So it makes you think they want some civil unrest so they can implement their changes, their structural changes, the changes in the system through what the problems the civil unrest causes. Yeah, well, the way I'm looking at it is a similar way to how it looks for every country. And it was a way I looked at it when Canada had the protest, which didn't really... Nothing sort of happened from them, really. I mean, they, they had a few protests and it, then it died down. Well, they had a few big protests and it all just sort of died down. It seems like France are doing the same thing, whether or not the government are getting involved to sort of stir the pot a bit and make it a little bit worse than it needs to be, for good reason that at the end of, well, good reason in their sense, because at the end of, these this round of protests which look like they've gone super far there will need to be change made and it's an easy way for them to force change into a system when everyone's not sort of doing well not living in the correct in their correct way yeah yeah it's a way for them to if the people are calling for change they can change the system to however they they want to try and please the people. Like they'll sell it as a way to please the people. Is it just another way to gain more 
control over the people, which from what we're looking at with Western governments, the more they get involved with things, the more it seems to be they're just trying to gain more control over the populace. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes me think, I know this is going a little bit off topic, but with the sea and when that came about, so the powers that be didn't like Trump being in charge. So we now know what the sea was after the fact. Do you think they played that card at that time to what whilst Trump was in power to sort of disrupt his time in charge and be able to bring him down? To get him out of power. Yeah, basically to get him out of power and they sort of played One that card multiple sort of question I've got is Trump did go along with the narrative though. He's the one who imposed lockdowns. He's the one who was telling people to get vaxxed before he came, before he wasn't, um, before he got voted out. But do you not think? Do you not think as well, Trump? Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying Trump's this perfect guy who was in power, and I don't know how involved he is in this disgusting system which is set up, because he must have some involvement. But then he does seem to be going against the agenda a lot as well. But do you not think at that time, us, for example, we believed it? We believed what we were getting told by the World Health Organization, by that Nabed Fauci. We were, getting, we were believing all of this stuff. Do you not think having, a, having control over a country like the United States, he had to take what he was being told somewhat seriously? Because if he just straight away came out and just rebelled against it, and it was something serious and it wasn't just a ploy that they were putting out there, then what would he be seen as at, at that point? Mm, if it was actually something serious. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause he's still a person who is in charge of a country, like still responsible for the nation. Yeah. Responsible for all the lives that would have been lost if it was what we all had been told it was. Um, so I've said, I've saw something on redacted where they were saying, and this sort of aligns with what I was thinking about when they played the card, um, that there's something called Sears that's Bill Gates has, uh, announced that will be coming in 2025. Sears, another uh, disease. Uh, yeah, a res respiratory. I forgot what it stands for exactly, but it's some respiratory is the R in there. <laughs> um, and he's predicting that it's going to be in twenty twenty five, and it sort of aligns with the fact that we've got a twenty twenty four election. America have what SARS? No, Sears, Sears really been more prepared with this you're probably going to struggle to find it on the google was it bart that was saying that there's going to be another pandemic yeah in 2025 i think he said i think he did say 2025 because it sprung to mind when we've talked previously about 2025 being a key year a lot of things point towards 2025 being a key year and then when he said 2025 is the next 
pand oh, pandemic, that's when um caught my attention because and to be fair, Bart did predict the uh most recent pandemic in twenty sixteen. Mm. But that hadn't Bill Gates already mentioned of this pandemic in twenty twenty fifteen? Twenty twenty five. Oh, in twenty, did Bill Gates mention this pandemic in twenty fifteen? In twenty fifteen, he mentioned the fact there would be a tw- another pandemic in twenty twenty or whatever. I don't know what which date he said, but it... well, I was watching the video bot where he um, he re-uploaded his video from twenty sixteen, and he was just going through government documents about legislation that um, the American government are putting in place. Oh, points to it now. And a lot of it was talking about. Um, quarantining people, quarantining the population. Um, that's like sort of stuff that revolves around the pandemic. And this is in 2016, he introduced these regulations. So in that video, he was saying, it looks like they're planning or preparing for a pandemic that's going to be coming up in the future. And then one thing I always found weird about, can you say pandemic on Google on YouTube these days? I don't know. Okay. I think they've got a little bit more harsher, so I don't know what actually where we stand with anything that we say. Uh, one thing I always found that found a bit weird about it is in I think it was November twenty nineteen. I watched a video uh, um, on Netflix, and it was Bill Gates was talking about the next global pandemic. So this was before. COVID was even, I think it, it was a thing in China at the time. I think it just started in China, but it didn't like, come to the Western world or come to Western media until January, end of January in 2020. Yeah, because it came, it was started coming towards Italy, didn't it? Yeah, Italy first, I think. Um, but it was a documentary on Netflix and it came out in November 2019 talking about the next pandemic. And then when it happened in twenty in March twenty twenty when we all went to lockdown, I was thinking, what the fuck? Like I just literally in twenty nine uh, November I watched a video talking about this pandemic. Hmm. And then I remember that other movie got really popular during it as well because it was like for like I forgot what the movie Contagious I think it was called. Contagion. Uh, um, I mean. Well, okay, I've got a point, but I'll bring it up after this. I'm just going to share my screen and show you this. Um, I found it. This is the thing for TikTok. This is the video that Bill Gates put together, along with the team, complete with simulated news reports like this. This is really what they're preparing for us. This video is called Get Ready. Watch. Catastrophic contagion of global change. Breaking news. Two Latin American countries alerted the WHO of several outbreaks of a new infectious disease that's mysteriously appearing across the region. Severe epidemic enterovirus respiratory syndrome 2025. Oh, so that's the name, guys. Just write this down. That'll be the name of it, okay? It's Sears. Gonna, Sears. It's going to be called the Severe Epidemic Enterovirus Respiratory Syndrome in 2025 is when we'll see it. So this was published on a news channel. No, so well, I don't think it had actually been published, but they managed to get hold of the trailer that they of this clip 
that that's not been published. So as far as I'm, I'm aware, it's not been published. This one sounds a little bit more uh, crazier than. Yeah. I don't think you can say that word. What? C word. All right. Yeah, just bleep it out. I'm not sure if we can or not. But yeah, what I was saying anyway about what you watched, that thing you watched was on Netflix, was it? Yeah. Uh, what was it called? So my question is... So it, it, I remember, I've, I've seen it, I watched it twice, all right? It came out probably maybe earlier on in the year or 2018. It was part of like a series of just like a factual half an hour. Oh, we did that explained? That's it, explained. So it came out as part of a series, but then they re-released it as like a, just a pandemic special and it was just one on its own. And then I thought, like, why the, like at the time I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, I'll watch this again, like it's half an hour. So I watched it again. And then when COVID came in, or C came in, fuck, I've said it now. Um, when it came in and March 2020, I was thinking like, fuck, like they released it as a single away from the series. Yeah. I just thought it was weird. Once the C had already arrived. Yeah. It could have been the fact. No, no, no. Oh. before before the C arrived. Oh right. And I remember watching it, and then I downloaded that game. Uh, have you ever played it? Yeah, you were talking to me about it. I've not played it though. Of course, it's called. Cool. I might have played it when you told me about it. <laughs> it's not like a zombie outbreak though, isn't it? Though? Yeah, it's just like a pandemic, global pandemic, outbreak. and then you've got to uh, try and control, spread it around the world, and make it as. Uh, oh, you spread it around, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah my question with Netflix is I am questioning Netflix because they're a media company just like Disney a media and entertainment company but as far as I'm aware they're not sticking to the narrative because there's two things that I watched the one about the airline that went missing did you watch that one? yeah did you watch it all the way through to the final episode? yeah where they just blatantly put all the facts out that it was a US it was a US um well, the US basically did it. Yeah, but because it had some the they're sending some package to China. Yeah, I forgot what it was exactly, but yeah. The technology, like, military technology. So if Netflix were with the narrative, then they wouldn't be releasing that information. And then I also yeah, what, what I find happens is the government will do something then mm. five to ten years later they'll bring out information on it that shows they've done it but people have forgotten about it and they don't really care yeah like for that malaysia was it malaysia airlines yeah yeah that happened in 2015. it's like you watch it now and then you're like what the fuck can we do <laughs> yeah by the time like it's all hush hush and then later on like something will come out or a narrative will come out that shows the US government did something fucked up. But it happened years ago. Like no one, it's not a big thing anymore. Well, this is going to have like a, this is just like a bubble that's expanding and it's just going to blow up on them. Right. Because they're doing the same thing now with nine 11, the nine 11 documents are coming out. What you'll see in five years time now, 
is the Epstein list be released. Mm. And then everyone will be like, oh, right. Um, moved on from that. I don't know if we would move on from that one, though. That list has to be released. That is that is so fucked that they're not releasing that list. Because once that list comes out, that's dead proof. Like, at a minute, like, with the Malaysian Airways thing, airline. Yeah, it's not certified. It's not it? dead set. And even in the documentary, like, they were calling it a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it still is, unless... It was just the most compelling argument for it, because... Things yeah, it made, the, it made the most sense. Yeah. And then there was... A, I watched that uh, Wacko, which just shows how fucking ridiculous the FBI is. Hmm. Um... Shall I tell you about it? Or you... I'm going to watch it. Right. It, you just watch it and it just shows how ruthless the American FBI and the American powers are. Right. Get this. I was listening to um, Majid Nawaz on uh, Patrick Ben David's pod. And he was talking about, so they're talking about Epstein and uh, Majid was talking about Jimmy Savile. Oh, yeah, um, you're saying it's the British version. Yeah, did you listen to it? I've, I've not listened to it all. I got up to around about that part. All right, yeah. Because I don't think... Uh, I don't know if Americans really know much about Jimmy Savile. Um, so he explains, like, what Jimmy Savile did. And he said that Princess Diana was visiting all the hospitals that Jimmy Savile was going to because she knew what he was doing and she wanted to fight against it. Which I think is mad. And then, yeah, she got... Conspiracy theory, she got murdered. Yeah. If you actually look at the things Diana was doing, uh, she was literally trying to take down the royal family. Yeah, going against the uh, the agenda. It's the f- even with Prince Princess, not Princess, fucking hell, uh, Prince Andrew. That information's out there, but no one cares. Yeah. Like that, that. Not even just the fact that Prince Andrew is a known paedophile. The fact that the royal family just cover it. Not, they don't cover it up, but they just push it to the side. And everyone still pours their heart out for him. Yeah. I think... Royal family needs, needs to go. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I don't know. Well, I, was, I was listening to... Uh... Piers Morgan's like a big uh, royal family advocate. Oh, is he? Yeah. And he had a guy on his show. Uh, it's only a 10-minute clip. I was just trying to work out like where I sit with the royal family. Because like, the British part of me like likes the royal family for what it is. I think it adds like, stability to the country in a sense. It's not always chopping and changing. It is what it is. And they don't have, they've got a say in what happens, but they don't have like outright control. Like they never really implement that outright control. But the other side of me thinks, like, there's so much corruption. Well, it's been infiltrated by corruption. Yeah. And I don't know if it's been infiltrated by corruption or it's always been like that. It probably has always been like that because there was once a time where we didn't have Prime Minister. We'd 
were just run, the country was run by a king or a queen. Um, I'm still like trying to figure out where I sit with him. I know I don't like uh, Charles. It's getting to a point of, um... well, it's just another spoke to the wheel, isn't it? The royal family because they, yeah, they don't have insane amounts of power, but they have power, which is adding to this wheel of the world economic forum and the global elite takeover and all that. Yeah. No, I don't really like Harry and Meg either. No, I think they're... Because I think like a lot of people are on Harry, like it's, it's weird, right? Because you got you have on the royal family side and you don't like Harry and Meg. Or you like Harry and Meg and you don't like the royals. No, I'm not liking both. I just don't like them both. It's like a reality TV show. Yeah. I feel like I just don't fucking both. But I think Harry and Meg pissed me off more than the Royal Family because they're just in your face all bastard time. That South Park episode. Have you did you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the best episode that I've ever seen. <laughs> what is he chanting? We want We want privacy. We want privacy. <laughs> <laughs> He's protesting for his privacy. They did an episode with uh, Andrew Tate in it. Yeah, I've not seen that one though. I've not seen it either. <laughs> I'll watch it. But I was right. right. I've seen that they uh, did an episode with Andrew Tate. and Was that on Instagram? I've seen it or something. And then everyone was kicking off like they're doing it on Andrew Tate. But I was like, it's fucking perfect that they did one on Andrew Tate because they're not picking a side. They're just fucking everyone yeah. over. <laughs> and it's so... I feel like where South Park is... Is where I sit. Like, it's like wacky, they're both wacky on both sides. And South Park just fucking goes into them and drills them both. Like, I think that's like, that's how I think as citizens or as people, like, we should look at society and laugh at both sides because the extremes on both sides are fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I get what you mean that they, that it's a good place to sit right in the middle where South Park is because but as time progresses, there is no, there's not many options for people that just want to sit in the middle. Yeah. I think sitting in the middle is probably the best place to sit because from like a humor perspective as well, because you can just watch what's going on and just laugh at it. And it is, it is fucking funny. Like, You've got fucking Andrew Tate on Twitter arguing with Greta Thunberg. <laughs> you couldn't write this stuff on. Yeah, when you actually look at it from like step back a minute and just look at the scene as if it's a movie, it's funny. Yeah. All, all sides of it are, are, are funny because, uh, yeah, you've got Andrew Tate who got, I know it's bad, but he got put in captivity in. Romania, and then um, he's not allowed. Is he? Uh, he's not allowed to do any interviews or something. No, he's allowed to interviews. I think if he gets permission from the police. All oh, right. Okay. So, uh, did you watch the latest video that he put on? No. You didn't watch it. Oh. Where he got that guy who uh, did the hit piece on him from Vice. Oh yeah, yeah. You were telling me about it. I've not watched it yet. Though. All right. <laughs> so he that guy kept ringing him. And he said to him, I'll, I'll speak to my lawyers and get it sorted out so you can come in and interview me. But obviously, he didn't, he didn't let him in his uh, house. Well, put it on. Is it a long video? 
Yeah, it's about half an hour long. All right, let's not watch that then. It's funny though. He tweeted a picture of him because he goes to him. He goes, uh, "What does he say?" He goes, "Oh, Andrew, uh, I was thinking we could do another interview." And Andrew was like, "So you can do another hit piece on me?" And he goes, "No, oh, he, he goes, he won't be like that this time. I want to show both sides of the story." He goes, um, "I'm not with Vice anymore. I'm independent. I'm with, but I'm going to do it with the BBC." And he and Andrew was like, "Oh, he goes, if you bring me a box of chocolates, you can, uh, you can do an interview." So then he comes to like his house. And he's uh, waiting outside. And then the guy recording, I don't know who it is, some foreign guys recording it. And he goes to the gate and he goes, oh, uh, Andrew's just woken up. He's just having his breakfast. He'll be with you in like 10 minutes. So then you just leave him out the gate. And then he walks into the room where Andrew and Tristan are. And they're just watching him on CCTV, like with the feet up, like, taking a piss out of him. <laughs> and then the guy goes back out like 45 minutes later. And then he says, oh, Andrew said he wants his box of chocolates before he interviews you. Have you got the chocolates? And he's like, yeah, I've got the chocolates, but I want to see him first before I give them to him. And the camera guy goes back and Andrew's like there getting a massage from him whilst he's doing his work. <laughs> and he goes, tell him to come back at 2 p.m. <laughs> and then he tells him to come back at 2 p.m. And then he comes back. And then he, the guy goes outside again. He's like, oh, uh, Andrew really wants that box of chocolates before he uh, sees you or anything. They was having like a discussion for about five minutes about this box of chocolates and he wouldn't give it to him. And he goes, Andrew said, if he doesn't have the box of chocolates, then you definitely not have an interview. Yeah. So you can have a risk giving us the box of chocolates and have an interview or definitely not have an interview. <laughs> Did you give him him? No, he didn't give it him. <laughs> so then yesterday I, was on, I saw on Twitter, Andrew posted a picture, like a Photoshop picture of the interviewer sat there on a bench like looking sad with a box of chocolates on his lap <laughs> oh he's funny though Andrew Tate you've got yeah he's uh, <laughs> it's like people like Andrew Tate and Russell Brand who I don't know I wouldn't say Andrew Tate really reports on anything but Russell Brand does but you got to give it to him like they can stay Russell Brand definitely he can stay so comedic uh, around the whole everything that's going on yeah i like how russell brand does it because he talks about really serious things but he makes like a mockery of it yeah 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 yeah. he's uh he's good the way he does it um have you heard that there was an assassination attempt on putin yeah but i don't know how much truth's in it so I think there's been footage released that there was a drone attack. Mm. The US apparently, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, let's have a look here. Well, Ukraine said it wasn't them, didn't they? Yeah, but they're, so Daily Mail, BBC News, Mirror, they say this. Russia claims Ukraine had, uh, tried to attack, assassinate Putin. Is Ukraine behind the alleged drone attack? Russia claims Ukraine tried to assassinate Putin. They're all just saying that Russia thinks it was you. Do you know pushing that yeah. narrative that they do? The war, man, it's hard to get any like solid information on it. I feel like you either, even like with our interview with Gleb, I felt like you either listen to Western propaganda or you listen to Russian propaganda. 
Yeah, it's like there's three, they say there's three sides of every story. There's one side, the other side, and then the truth. And uh, we can't get the truth from what going. Uh, here's the footage of it. I don't know how much of an assassination attempt it was. That's an awful assassination attempt if it is one. I feel like if they wanted to kill him, they'd be able to do it with not a firework. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's like that one just looks like it's been made for aesthetics. Yeah. And they've just set that. It looks like it. a firework. <laughs> some fireworks that are bigger than that. Hey, I'm sure Trump used a drone in a Middle Eastern country. I don't want to say which one because I can't remember. But he literally went down, found the guy, and just like shot him. Really? I think so. That's some mad technology, that. I'm sure we spoke about this drone in the pod. Oh, it might have been when. Do you remember when we were doing those small videos? I think we're going to do one on uh, advanced weapon technology. Oh, yeah, that rings a bell. We, we started doing that. I think I came across this drone. And I'm sure Trump used it. So it's not a drone strike. It says he's killed, kills Iran General Qasem Soleimani. 2020. I think it killed him in his house. Without any... Um... Well, do you want to wrap up anything? In particular, that you had to say. Uh, there's more about the. Uh... Right, so, where do you stand on it? Where do you think? Do you think it's something we should be supporting, or do you think it's a government-led? Well, yeah. I mean, government interference. That's one thing. I mean, in my opinion, any protest. I don't give a fuck what they're protesting about. Even these LGBTQ people that are protesting for LGBTQ rights should protest if they believe that's the right thing to do. Like anyone should be able to protest and they shouldn't. For example, we shouldn't really be like, or oh, I shouldn't judge them on protesting what they believe is right. So I don't think anyone should... should um judge anyone on what they protest for and I think they should be protesting even if they want communism in that country then fucking go and protest for it but what you've got to look at is government interference like does it play into the hands of the government is have they manipulated the people to protest for this thing I mean you could say that about the LGBTQ because that's that can be seen as gov government manipulation um so that's what you've got to look at is is this genuine? Like, is this a genuine need for the country? Or, and it, will, will this make the country a better place and a more peaceful place? Or is it something that the government have implemented? Or is it something that, you know, is going to not make the country a better place and a more peaceful place? Do you think communism's inevitable? If capitalism's the only. Uh, well, even the way we're looking at capitalism right now is it's going to sort of progress that much, it will turn into communism. It already kind of is. It's like 
I feel like it's socialism for the rich, capitalism for the poor. Where like if a big bank goes down, the governments will come in, bail them out. See, that's ridiculous. But I think it must be inevitable because of human nature, right? Power. Well, I'm thinking more with the advancements in AI. Oh. I was with my mate yesterday and he said IBM are taking, are making, I can't remember how many people now, 4,500? 4,500 or 1,100, 11,000. I've got to both numbers in my head for some reason. It's um, the question as well is, um, I think Glenn Beck was saying it. He was like, if you're a parent of kids who are going to go to university, think about what you're doing. You're getting them in, I don't know, 50K debt or whatever you get into something. It's absolutely ridiculous. You're getting them in 50K debt to be able to get a job which is about to be replaced by AI. Yeah. So you need to really think about whether or not you want to send your kids to uni. And then the less kids that go to people that go to uni means there's less qualifications in the country, which means if AI is not taking over the jobs because everyone's scared because they don't want to get into the debt to get the qualifications, it just means you need to import more foreign labor over. Because they're the ones that are going to be qualified to do the work. There's going to be a decrease in qualifications in our country. It's going to, the whole AI scare is going to do enough damage, let alone actually when AI kicks in. Yeah. Or AI is even at that level. We've even had the conversation before, like, and I, I guess as it's progressing and more and more things are coming out, because you're seeing stuff like, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, AI music. You're seeing other things that on Instagram and stuff. Even like just the masses are seeing, hey, I can do this, hey, I can do that, hey, I can do this. So even if you're not consciously thinking about it and, sub and it's in your subconscious, you're going to be thinking, what, what opportunities there are actually out there for me if the fucking robot can do it all even better? So subconsciously, people are going to get lazier in the, in the head, in the mind, and start thinking, well, what's the point? There's no opportunity for me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to try and advance my skills in this. It's like, for example, I do quite a bit of graphic design. I enjoy doing it, so it's a bit easier. But for someone who has progressed their skills from five through the last five years, you sort of look at it and think, well, AI can do this stuff that I can do like practically like for like, and they can do it in a split second. So what's the point? But imagine that spread across all the other industries. And that's the sort of the knock on effect, which Glenn Beck's saying is having on education. What's the point in sending your kid to uni? What's the point in getting your kid in 50k debt, 100k debt, whatever, when there is a job available for them right now, but even in the three or four years when they finish uni, is that job even going to be there? Yeah, three or four years is... It's a long time in AI years. <laughs> yeah, like with the advancement of AI, it's like a... I feel like it's a lifetime for us, like... Um... Yes, IBM are cutting 3,900 jobs, 1.5% of its workforce, to replace it with AI. 
And that's with ChatGPT 3 came out in December. What are we? Now it's six months later. That's ChatGPT 3. ChatGPT 4 is out now, which I've, I don't really use it that much. Um, you use it a lot more than me. Rajan uses it a lot. And he said it's miles better than ChatGPT 3. Yeah, it just... You can just see from a process how many people it takes out. Let's talk, like, we use any example, right? Um, I don't know. So let's say before AI, if you, I don't want to give an example. Give me an example of some, some area of work. Accounting. Accounting. So, well, I don't know shit all about accounting. <laughs> Let me just say marketing because I know marketing. Because let's say a marketing department would consist of social media marketer, graphic designer, a marketing strategist. Um, so let's just say them three roles, right? Uh, maybe you've got like a visualization lead or something. That they're three roles, right? So that four roles, let's say that could make. A, and let's just say you got a marketing assistant. Let's say there's five roles for a, quite a solid marketing department. That's one whole department and then as you grow that role that department grows and grows and grows and grows that doesn't matter with ai because you don't need the manpower because you just need the machine so that one department in a smallish business with five people that as it grows could turn into 10 people 50 people 100 people you're replacing that with ai you only just need that one person for the whole time because you don't need a graphic designer because all you need to know is how to prompt. So you say AI act as if you are, a, this is how you prompt it. AI, you are now a graphic designer. Um, create me something, create me something. That and it does that hat on. And then, yeah. And then you say, thanks for that. Now put your social media hat on. Tell me how I can run this out as a campaign. Give me the content. Well, there's a tool that I was told by essay called auto GPT. Basically, you can just say to her, like, find me the cheapest flights to Dubai from London Heathrow to Dubai. And, uh, it's like taking that layer, that chat GPC have blocked off, where you can't, you can't search and do. Do you know why they've taken that off? Because Microsoft invested into it for their Bing, and they don't want OpenAI to do it. They want Bing to be Not able Bing to do it. Yeah. So you can say to it, when it finds the cheapest flights, or book me the flights to... Dubai and it'll book it for you. Like you give it your details, obviously, and it'll just book it. Then I guess once it's got your details, it knows it. So then next time you say, "Oh, find me some," I don't know, new cushion covers on Amazon. It'll find you some in grey. It'll find you them and then you say, "Buy them for me." And then so then that, that takes out any personal assistant assistant roles. Well, they've, they've they've made it. Uh, Microsoft have made it. The trailer you showed me the trailer for it. This one's auto GPT is one that some other developers have made. Copilot. You ever? Yeah, that's it. yeah this, you that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, all of these startups are good, but at the end of the day, how can Microsoft you will win. compete? Yeah, with Mr. Bill Gates, Mr. Money Gates. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Chris Williamson, and he had you know Ray Dalio. Had him on, uh, 
I think it was last week. And they were talking about AI. And there was mentioned, uh, Chris mentioned this subculture in America that like middle-aged men or men of, our, men of our age who are able to work but don't want to work and don't work. And you just like sit at home, smoke weed and play games all day. So if that subculture is already out there and AI starts replacing jobs, do you think that subculture will grow into... I think I might have watched a YouTube short of um, that episode with Chris where they were... What were they saying that... Um, society... Socialism's already on the back foot because when AI sort of pushes socialism on us, as it, as it will, no one's going to be doing anything to, like, help the world get better. Yeah, like, people won't be going out meeting each other. Kids will... People won't be having kids. They'll just be... It'll just be deadlock, wouldn't it? Yeah. And AIs will just be running the world. Or robots will just be running everything, like, doing everything. I don't understand. And he mentioned, do you know that film, Wally? I've never seen it. Is that the robotic uh, robot? Uh, the robot that cleans the tip of uh, the tip? The landfill. Yeah, but uh, you're saying that if you look at the humans in it, they're all fat and don't do anything. All right. So I watched that film. Bring one up. Just type in Wally humans. Now we have to get a clip, actually. Well, yeah, a clip on YouTube. Three minutes. Yeah. You have to put it all on just. Oh, I can't put it on at all, mate. Get fucking. Oh, yeah. Show a picture then. You like this? Yeah. They don't move, they just sit in the chairs. With the screen and the speakers in their ears. You maybe want to watch the film to see what the humans are like. Fun win. Is this getting cheap dopamine hits, it looks like? Fun win. Oh, they just move around in the chair. Yeah. And they're all fat slobs. We're not even that far from that right now. No. Because I could quite easily sit in this chair in front of this computer and make money to survive off via my computer, order foods to my... We've said it on the pod before. Like you don't you literally don't need to leave this desk. No, you actually don't need to leave. It's just yeah. But then obviously as technology advances and we become more reliant on it. It's just gonna become even more so that we don't need to leave this desk. Yeah. And this could quite clearly happen where you just well, I don't even know why. What, oh, I've not seen the movie like any time recently to know, but they seem to be moving around on the chair. I'm just wondering where they're actually going. Another thing I've been thinking about as well. Do you think there will be a period where technology stops growing, or something happens where we might even te- our technological advancements might decline? Could decline through war. 
through war, through natural disaster. Disaster, yeah. I think in terms of like um, the world progressing, I don't think. Because if you look at the way it's sort of going up, technology, like look at the last 10 years from maybe longer than 10 years before smartphones were around. Smartphones came in. Smart TVs came in. Um, I don't know, 5G's come in, 4G. 4G changed the, get, changed the world, man, with the technology advancement. Now, I guess 5G's here, ChatGPT's here. It, it could only get to a level where it plateaus out, couldn't it? it could, I don't know if it can go back down. It could plateau. If it, if it does go back down, it'd be due to some disaster. Yeah, yeah, war or natural disaster. And is that not more likely than technology just going straight all the way up? War, I don't know. Because I was thinking about this the other day, right? It's funny that you brought it up because... I'm not saying it's going to go back down like that today, but it could go. Yeah, well, any sort of movement down is like... But I was having this thought the other day, right? That I didn't really look at the way it could go down, but I was like, technology is just on the upward curve, and it has been for, I don't even know, for the last thousands of years. Um, there was a point, obviously, you believe what Graham Hancock said, that we have fallen off <laughs> through natural disaster. Um, but... The way it's going up and up and up and up and up, what does it mean? It just means colonization of Mars, colonization out of space, keep finding technology comes out to keep using materials that we find on these other planets to just breed us further and further and further. That is the, I feel like that is what humans are progressing towards. Like, that's the only thing I can think. I don't think anyone's got it as like a clear goal, maybe Elon. But I feel like that's the only progression. Like, what else is the point in all this progression? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, unless we're spreading like a virus. It's only to spread out over leave Earth. There's a theory, right, where I'm going to botch this theory up big time, but it's good. I don't know the name of it. Where if you look at us um, as a virus, and then look at the universe itself and how it just keeps it's ever growing and it? it's ever spitting out more galaxies or whatever that there's a theory that the humans or whoever else is out there in the universe has already cracked the code of um that automate automated like growth and colonization and they've got it autom- that's why the universe keeps growing because the technology's already been turned on in some form or another, which we might not even be able to comprehend, or we can't comprehend. And it's already been turned on, and that's why the universe keeps flying, going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It might be a simulation where someone's done something on the algorithm for the world to just keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing, and, growing. and it can't be controlled and it can't be shut down. It hurts my head when I think about this kind of stuff. <laughs> but they've not lost control of it. Yeah. And then there's, oh, I don't know, this is just something I'm adding on to the end, but all these other little sub things that think about we've grown from caveman times. We're just like another 
part of the algorithm which has been built to grow and grow and grow and then expand on another like realm of the universe. I don't know if you ever call it a realm, but another part of the universe to grow even further. And imagine dotted around the universe, there's hundreds of millions of Earth-like worlds where their sole focus is to grow the population and expand out. And that's just what's going on. Do you think there's a intergalactic federation? <laughs> well, that's one of the other theories is that um, we landed here. We we landed here in a space battle. Have you heard this? I landed. That we uh, we had to escape the um, the battle and we came to Earth, or we crashed onto Earth or whatever, and because there was nothing on earth and we just had to go through generations of restarting everything. We just got dumber and dumber and dumber and just forgot everything that happened before. Yeah. I think, uh, what's that guy called? Does he say this? Billy Carlson. Billy Carlson. Maybe. Yeah. Cause it was around about that when I was going on to my Billy Carlson. Yeah. Videos that, that came into I think he said like, um, We've forgotten all the manners that we like. We progressed that much, like we we're all civil with each other. But then when we got to Earth, each generation got dumber and dumber, and yeah. forgot how to also, treat each other and start fighting. And I think it was that on that more primitive. Was that on that concrete po- podcast? Might have been on that. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good episode. That podcast. Mm. The other side of it is people are like, oh, they need to stop AI, but stop AI and do what? What do we do? We stop AI. That means like our technology will stay stagnating. The same. But then, what do we do? It's not stopping AI now. No. Elon Musk's made a new company, hasn't he? <laughs> Have you heard? No. What did he say? It's like the toothpaste is already out the tube. <laughs> is that what Elon Musk said? No, I don't think Elon Musk said that. But oh. that's what they say about you know when things have been like released and then. You can't get you can't put it back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tooth, the, the toothpaste is really out of the tube. That's funny. Yeah, Elon Musk. This is on the fourteenth of April. Let me share my screen. You and the guys at home there. Companies incorporated in Nevada. Elon Musk created a new company ded- dedicated to artificial intelligence called X dot AI. The company, which a Nevada filing indicates incorporated last month. Currently has Musk as his director. I don't think there's much information about the actual company out there, but Musk has purchased thousands of GPUs <laughs> to power an upcoming generative generative AI product. Musk planned to create an AI firm to compete with the Microsoft-backed OpenAI, which was Musk's in the first place. What sounds like is going to happen here is he's getting shit scared of what Microsoft or oh, OpenAI are doing with AI. He's going to build one to contr- to like counter that one, and then they're going to end up having a fucking AI war. I don't know what good it'll do there. Oh yeah, Twitter's renamed X Corp, and he's made this one called X.AI. Yeah. Well, that article there is something I was going to talk about. Godfather of AI quits Google. All right, lead us in. 
Yeah, so this geezer quit uh, Google. Um, he's worried about, so basically what he was saying, what I was listening to, he was saying that Google were investing into AI for years and trying to build something in a safe way. But then OpenAI came out and integrated with Microsoft and Bing. And this is the first time ever that Google as a company, as a search engine, have been under threat of like losing market share because they've always been on an upward trajectory. Um, so he left Google because Google then started to think, oh shit, we need to compete with Microsoft. Otherwise we're going to lose um, a foothold in the market. And because they're competing with Microsoft, they're getting more, they're not going about AI in a safe way that he initially wanted to do. Right, okay. So they're going about it in more of a ruthless, competitive way, mm. which can be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, because then they're in the AI race, aren't they? You need this article, shall I close it? No, you can close this. So this guy, he's con- said it on the article, he's considered godfather of AI. And he's worried about the future of AI. Which, for an expert's coming out and saying that, like, kind of uh, makes me slightly worried. I think at this point, it's probably correct to be worried because ChatGPT is absolutely just fucking ripping the world apart. But then you've got, well, this for instance, this guy leaving, and then you've got the fact Elon Musk's made one called, well, XAI. It's a bit like uh, these guys know something that's about to happen. You've got like uh, big people in the tech space, other than the ones who aren't as money hungry. For example, this guy, he's just an engineer. He just likes, he's just, his passion is AI. Cause that's what he said. He said he won a Nobel prize. 2014 was it? Is that what it said the article? So this is his life's work. And 2018. He's pulled out of it because he's worried about the direction it's going in. Elon set up OpenAI to try and have a safe way of approaching AI. So they were going about it. These experts were going about it in the right way. But then the money-hungry companies, Microsoft. If soon as Bill Gates game, gets involved, you're like, yeah. something's gonna, this is a disaster. He's changed the game where he's thinking commercially, we need this now and we need it to do this now, but it might not be ready for it to do that yet because it's not sandboxed properly or in a safe environment. Yeah, the, the thing with Bill Gates having such a large foothold in, in AI is um, scary because of his foothold in the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. They're, they've obviously got all of their stuff aligned we'll put a pandemic out here, we'll get this in 2025, this will get them here, we'll uh, fire fucking Tucker Carlson here. <laughs> They've got everything aligned, so their plan can roll out. And yeah, but what you've just said just sprang to mind that it's like you see it on, mo- on movie. I know this is like cliche with the AI, but you see it on movies and stuff where something's not ready in the like, power hungry guys like fuck it let's go 
and then they end up by shooting off or whatever and it ends up in a fucking disaster. This is exactly what's happening with Bill Gates. Well, you, you can see it, oh, not even a movie, just some real life examples. Um, Cyberpunk. The game wasn't ready. They released it and it was a shit show. Obviously, AI is different to a game because the game's just on a file or a disk. Like, it's, yeah, not, it's the same process. Yeah, that but it's similar, like, they could release some of this AI. They don't know. Well, I've listened to a lot of engineers talk about it. They don't really know how it works behind the scenes. And they're connecting it up to the internet. Who knows what it could do? And it could be a... I was listening to Breaking Points and... Um, what's that bird's name on it? Crystal. She was saying it, it could be... It could be perfectly fine. It could be a 90% chance it's not going to cause any problems. But that 10% chance is a massive thing. Like, there's still a 10% chance there that it could... Well, she doesn't even Absolutely. know the percentage. That's the other thing. Yeah. She's just going... Like, but she's saying if it is a 10% chance, it's still 10% is massive. It affects the human race as much as people are saying it's going to. But then it's like where... So, okay, let's say at this moment in time today, there's a 90% chance it'll be fine. Things are, that's not going to be it. Things are, they're going to want to make it better. They're going to, Bill Gates is going to want to make more money, more power out of this. It's going to get to a point where it goes 80% is going to be fine, or 70%, 50%. And then it's going to, the, the um, there's, they'll get, become a point where power hungry men like fucking Bill Gates will just keep pushing the ball, pushing the ball to that fine margin until it's, until disaster strikes. Mm. Well, I guess it's uh, something that's outside of our control. So we can just sit back and yeah. watch the show. It's one of them, isn't it? That's, what, that's a good way of looking at it because... Um... Well, I think we had a chat when ChatGPT first came out and we both came to the same conclusion that it's going to get well, a bit spicy in the next five years. But all you can do is just sit back and fucking enjoy it. Well, enjoy it or just ride the wave. Right away, we're going to see what happens from it. Um, it's interesting, though. You can't stop it. From it is interesting. That's the that's the other thing. It's like it's exciting. Yeah. We know how fucked it is, and we know some of the main players who are fucking about. But at the same time, you're quite curious as to well, what will happen if if it starts working out. One thing I want to just talk about as well is uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I've not heard anything about him. Exactly. Like, <laughs> this is what I wanted to talk about him. Like, he came out with all this metaverse shit. Which I, I said at the time, I don't think the metaverse in two years' time is going to be what we saw, what everyone was expecting it to be. And it's coming up to two years in October. And I'm not doing any meetings in the metaverse yet. Metaverse doesn't have because Bill Gates even came out and said in two years' time we'll be doing meetings in, in the metaverse. But it's where you want to consider the metaverse to be because this technically could be. Yeah, but we was doing meetings like this in twenty twenty. Yeah, but we just just started doing meetings like this. Like it wasn't a normal thing, though, was it? Mm. Now today, this is normal. Yeah, this is yeah, just the norm now. Because even like local people, I can go meet them or I'm just like, oh, should we just jump on Zoom? No, I think that's what they were getting at where they're saying 
your meetings will be in the metaverse or online or whatever. I guess. I've just Googled his name to see what he's been up to, Zuckerberg, and two days ago, Mark Zuckerberg runs 5K in 19 minutes, 34 seconds. Oh, he's running 5Ks? Yeah, because he changed everything to meta and then just turned around. Well, I think we'll be talking about it with uh, Jay when we were talking about the VRs and stuff, when we were saying the game won't begin until Apple release what they need to release because everyone's brainwashed into Apple so 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 hard. Yeah, they changed. So like we said on the pod, um, when Android come out with contactless payment, it's been on their phones for five years before Apple have got it. But then when Apple's got it, it's like the next big thing. Well, while I charge I had a Nexus phone. Nexus 4, I think it was. And when did that come out? 2012, 2013. And then Apple released wireless charging in 2017, I think, or 2018, five years later. And then it, wireless charging is the big thing. Well, to a lot of people, that's when wireless charging started. Yeah. That is when it, when it began. And um, the problem is with Apple, I mean, the technology is good, but it's not the best technology. But when, when people look at like Nexus, for example, they don't even give it the time of day to even think about what the technology is. Like if you say, oh, my God, this, my phone's got wireless charging. And if you said that to someone and, say, and they're like, oh, what phone is it? And you go, oh, it's a Nexus. And they'd be like, oh, no. But if you went up to someone and said, look, I've got this Apple device. No one knows about it yet, but it's Apple and it's got wireless charges. The new one's coming out. They're like, shut the fuck up. Wireless charging, fuck off. That's how like, weird it is because they don't even give any other company like the time of day. Yeah, sure. And I think, I feel like Bing's going to have a bit of that issue as well because people, obviously, even us included, I'm not going to use fucking Bing. I'm going to use Google. Yeah, I was thinking um, when I was listening to the engineer talk about Google being scared about losing some of the market share. I was thinking, I don't give a fuck if Bing's got GPT. If I want to use GPT on Bing, I'll just go on Bing and use GPT and I just want to use Bing for a search and I'll just carry on using Google. Well, I guess you'll start like thinking, oh shit, I'll just quickly Bing it because you'll start doing that. Yeah. Because the advancement of the uh, answers that it'll give you. I'm guessing Google will come out with something this year. Why did Google not just fucking just drop everything and just buy into ChatGPT? Well, he was saying they wanted to do it in a safe way. Oh, right. But yeah, Microsoft are a bit more yeah. ruthless. They bought into GPT without... I'm guessing they just thought they would compete with GPT and beat them. Interesting time. It's going to be interesting to see the impacts on society. And how the economy is going to work because if people aren't working, money's just being funneled to big tech. The economy's not going to work. So that's why I've my thought is is socialism inevitable because that money's going to have to be redistributed somehow to keep the economy pumping. After talking to um, Mike, when he talked about 
on the podcast. Check it out if you haven't already. Uh, when he talks about living in sort of like a well, in a pure socialist society, I can't. I don't know if technology takes over the jobs and we're forced to go and get universal basic income. There's no, there's no turning back from that when that decision gets made because there's no jobs ever again. Yeah. And the new jobs aren't going to come out because AI will take care of anything. So I guess it's what you were saying about Wally is people are just going to go into this rut of no, like absolutely nothing and just getting, spending their money on their allowance on a bottle of whiskey when they can. Yeah, so is that the demise of the human population? That's that's the only way it's predicted to happen. I don't what because people aren't going to be people aren't going to be motivated to do anything. They probably won't be motivated to find a partner or have kids. Because what would be the point? Like you've got. Even today, like right and now, you're seeing that right now with younger generation. Right now, no one can be asked doing anything. They don't. I was talking about. Uh, I was talking to a mate about yesterday. Like, I said, do you think the community spirit, like the people, as we start becoming more reliant on technology and glued to screens, do you think people will start craving more social interaction? So they'll go to, like social places where they can, I don't know, play pool, ping pong, darts, whatever. Will they do, will people go out more and do more of that? Is there going to be more demand for it? And he said, for our generation, probably because when we were kids, like, we still had computer games and all that stuff. But in some holidays, we would make sure, like, we would go out, play football, go on our bikes, like, we'd do stuff outside with our friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said the generations today, or they're just like meeting up with their mates on Xbox or PlayStation or on computer, mm. and that's how they're socialising. Yeah, or they're just in like WhatsApp groups or yeah. Groups. So they're not used to going out and actually meeting people physically, so they will never miss it. Mm. Yeah, it just won't exist to them, really, will it? Yeah. And then when they do, if it did ever exist to them, it would just be awkward for them. They won't like the social interaction. They'll be scared of it, and then you won't. It'll just end up phasing out because you'll be you'll be worried. You'll be scared. Yeah, over like maybe not the generation of our kids now. Maybe their kids it'll be stronger, and then their kids even stronger. Or they might not even have kids after that. It might just start slowing down completely. Hmm. And then you just sort of uh, or get to a stage where you don't actually have to. You can just order kids. You just come in a oh, in a jar and then you uh, you get it. By that stage, do you think the world will just run with robots and the elites will be the only ones having kids and it'll be it'll be their whole world then? Yeah, their That's world. Gonna... And everything's done for with them via robots through robots. Sorry, I just really need a piss. I want music. Yeah, so my next topic was uh, we had a discussion, me and Arid, 
off camera about uh, education and I don't know, uh, obviously we've had the discussion about AI in education. I do think education is a big talking point at the moment because what's the like, need for it, if you, if you, so to speak. But I had a conversation, well, what I was telling Aaron is, I had a conversation with someone not long ago who did a maths degree and we basically came to the conclusion that maths degrees mean more because they actually mean something. Doing a maths equation means something and you can actually do stuff with it. Whereas marketing degree, for example, is all based on sort of made up things. It's all sort of hypothetical scenarios, which people are living out, if you get what I mean. So yeah, my question is, should education be split and you do objective education and then you do subjective education? your thoughts around that for example maths and where it's just cold hard facts and then you learn i'll say geography is like cold hard facts as well isn't it yeah history history is a bit subjective though isn't it yeah that's what I'm, well in this new employee of education it should be called hard facts I feel like history should be called hard facts but History is a weird one because it depends who's telling you the history. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a like a fine line because what well, for example, let's just go down another notch. Like obviously you've got English or language or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you would it would be called in America. Isn't our <laughs> education's already split up? But what would you call? In England, we have the class English, where you learn about the English language from Shakespeare to just. The See, I'll say that's called that's uh, objective. It's also got some subjectivity to it in the sense you've got the freedom to express your the way you've learned the language in an objective way. You've got the freedom to be subjective with that language and how you use it. Yeah, so it's a it's that subject, for example, is a much more complex. Um, that's too complex of a of a lesson or a subject to break into one or the other. Because yeah, there is an absolute cold hard fact of the English language. Yeah, there's like the rules and the grammar of the English language that are you you can't really change them unless. Yeah, but you can change them. That's the thing because, like, you see rappers and poets; they change the English language to suit their how they want to portray their message. And you get slang, which changes the English language. Politicians also do it. Recession and yeah. <laughs> Whereas it should be cold hard, but then the creativity side of it comes into it, where it can be changed and manipulated. Yeah, and I suppose like if what we're talking about is for it to actually mean something meaningful, because creativity is the only reason we are where we are today. I think creativity is the soul of a person. Mm. How somebody expresses their creativity is that's how their personality comes out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. 
I don't think creativity can be taught. I think it's something that you pick up from being social. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say it's from being social because I think a lot of um, highly introverted people are super creative. Because think about it, right? You've got these people that play video games that don't even talk to people at any point. But when it comes to like creating a mod for a video game, it can be some of the most creative things that I've ever seen in my life. But is that influence not through being so? You, you might, I'm not saying be social as in like go out with friends and be the loudest person in the room. Like being social, like you could be reading a book from somebody who's written that book. Would you consider that being social in the sense? you're reading and understanding their way of thinking. So I think creativity, uh, your experiences have to start from somewhere. And a lot of it comes from how other human beings behave, how other human beings write, how other human beings present their thoughts to you. And then you comprehend those thoughts in the way you comprehend them. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to be going out to the pub and talking to people all the time, but you can be social, like just through reading and, watching movies and watching people podcasts yeah so what yes what how i'm seeing this is um let's say someone's a blank slate as they are when they're born yeah and through your life you build your creativity or your ideas your thoughts around what experiences you've had but to bypass sort of like a stagnated set of experiences because you've only got so much time so much capabilities to have these experiences you could read a book in a couple of hours that could tell you the experiences of someone's full life so you could actually take on board someone else's full life through reading a book over a couple of hours or you could listen to a podcast or a conversation on an episode which just gives you 30 minutes you might listen to it and you'll get a lot of experience or a might not be direct oh this is my experience but just through listening to other people's ideas and thoughts on how they approach certain questions or how they uh sort of come to an answer well i guess yeah like creativity comes through experience social i think is mainly experience as like the the head the main like bracket and then the subheadings like social i think falls under it the experiences like social experiences but experience is the main thing because I was just thinking, if you say you locked a guy up in a blank room, you'd probably go like, a bit crazy. But uh, if from a young age you were just in a blank room and you just taught him maths and English grammar and rules and then asked him to write a story about um, somebody who went on an adventure to India. Yeah. But all they knew was the words India, adventure, they don't know what an adventure is. They don't know what India is. They, they just know what the words are, but they can't, they wouldn't be able to write, be creative with it because they've not experienced or not seen anything. Well, then there's another question on that then. But how useful is that vocabulary not knowing? For example, when a kid's showing, learning how to speak or learning vocab, they're shown like a card which has a ball on it. It says ball underneath. And then when they go out and they go in and play football, they're like, yeah, they know it's a ball. Yeah. 
what's that going to actually that's actually a weird thing to think about like what how does that work in a, in someone's mind yeah would yeah. they be able to still use english language if they've never seen the ball the objects that you're learning about or the things that you're learning or done like run for example mm. if you just sat down you don't know what run is I've never had that feeling of run because even us now at this stage, there's a lot of vocab out there that we don't know. But if someone tries to teach us or we try and learn a new set of vocab or a new set of words, we can relate it to our other experiences. So let's yeah. say there's a random word out there that means something. We can relate what we know about what's sort of connected to that word to work out the best possible scenario of what that word actually means if you get what i'm saying um whereas someone just in a room they'll know room they'll know chair they'll know table they'll know pen paper stuff like that but then you go and tell them it's about like, i don't know like sand castle on the beach what the fuck does that even mean yeah they'll know what sand is like a grain they'll know grain what, 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 how would they know grain? How would they know how to comprehend sand? You don't to comprehend anything from a language. Because it, there's even certain things where I've heard about some, like a new, a new word or some new vocab and put it together in my head. And then when I actually find out what it is, it's not what I thought it was. Well, that happens quite often. I guess that happens quite often with a lot of people that they sort of cling on to the wrong sort of thought process. And then they end up going on a tangent, which isn't entirely correct. All their life's going to be is an endless amount of tangents on what things could possibly. They'll probably be like, just go fucking insane. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, they'll probably go insane if you did that to them. Yeah, fast as well, because they, their minds wouldn't be able to think these things. It'd be good at maths, though. Yeah. Because maths is something you don't need experience for. You can just learn the formulas. You look at the numbers, you know the numbers. But back to your question, I think it's a difficult one, education system. The education system at the moment, it worked. And it is a good system. But it's not good for modern day. And it's infiltrated with corruption. Yeah, that's what I don't like about it, is ideologies that are being forced upon. I don't think any ideology should be involved in education. I think, and I think, I think it definitely in America they have these. I don't know how, it'd be good to probably speak to someone about it, um, but they have like debate, debate classes, where people can sit and debate in a sort of official way. Well, we talked about it in the last podcast that when you're in school now and you have an opinion which is against the narrative that the teacher's teaching, you'll get penalised for that. Yeah, I think a healthy debate should be something that's taught at a young age. Yeah. But as a, if you put your head to like a government hat on, as the government, you don't want yeah. to teach children how to debate. Yeah, because they're going to start... Well, yeah, it's like what we what we've said is like you you trained through school to then go shut the fuck up and go into your corporate job and shut the fuck up unless it's about what the company aligns to. 
Yeah. Um, anyone that say that you got someone else that goes through a different school, which is a just a debate school, where they are free to just express their thoughts and query, query, or just ask the question why to a lot of the things. They're going to come out of school and then get into politics and start understanding a bit more about the world, and then they're going to uh, that whole school of people be like, well, that's not well. Why are you doing that? And they're going to start asking the question, well, why? And that's what a lot of people don't ask at the moment. Yeah, why? The vax, the Vs, for example. Everyone, that's a prime example of everyone saying, no, no, we need them. Bill Gates said, Bill Gates, he created Microsoft. He said it, we need them. So then just a select few people are like, hold on a minute, why? Why do we need these things? Yeah. Um. But that's a, a bang on. Like that's what schools created is people that if people do question it, they're like, "Well, why are you questioning it? You, you, you crazy man! Don't question these things. Like they've told us to do this. You need to do it. That's how fucking that's what what they've created is all these people. I think society needs the majority of people to be like that to make it run. Yeah. But then there's people. Uh, what's his name? Michael Malice. Yeah, he wrote that book, didn't he? Whereas he believes that we shouldn't have laws and people people don't want to harm other people. It's not in people's nature to do that. So what he's arguing is saying that if you leave people to it and let them be free and do their own thing, then people will be happier and it won't, no violence will come out of it. Yeah, because then the, the violence comes out of frustration. Frustration and desperation. Well, you can see it now with the way the government have sort of or the elites have sort of tightened everything up to freedom of speech is getting quite tight. It's making a lot of people frustrated and it's making both sides frustrated and angry because you've got one side that wants free speech that are a bit like, well, we want free speech, like don't take our freedoms away. Then you've got the other side who probably know, properly know what they want, but they, they want censorship of the language. And they're getting angry at people that aren't complaining. Yeah. So there's a lot of frustration from both parties. But yeah, it's like what we've said from the get-go is they've uh, turned civilization on each other. Yeah, they've put people in two parties. And then because you want freedom of expression, you're labelled as a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because you're labelled as a bad guy, or you're, you're seeing these people who want to start censoring the language, it makes you turn against those people, even if they're doing something out of the goodness of they, they think they're doing the right thing for trans people or the LBGT community. Like they think deep down that like they think they're being nice and they're doing the right thing. Mm. And they might be good people, do you know what I mean? But because they're calling for censorship, it's causing like, a massive rift and making people on this side who like me for example i don't really care like if you want to 
like have a tran- like transition into a woman or do whatever, like, do whatever you want in it. Like, it's your life. But well, as soon as it starts like affecting me, like, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't like make a joke about this, you can't do this. Like then I'm like, what the fuck? Like just fuck off. Like, let me just, let me live my life. You live yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The freedom. Um, yeah, and that's how it should be. Like, I don't have any opinion on what the what they're doing or what what they do in their like their own personal lives. Like it's not my business, isn't it? But when I'm being told not to do something, then it starts like restricting my ability to live my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess what the big problem is on that side of things is people are now being told that that's what the big problem is because this has been happening, but it's never been something where it's really affected people. But then now people are being told you to go against to support a narrative which means go against regular science yeah and that's where people are a bit like hold on a minute now i'm not allowed to that's really restrictive when you can't for example say there's two genders that's when people are like well hold on that's a bit i can't say that that's a bit like you're taking a piss yeah. so it's it's i don't know it's kind of it's in a way it's light what it is it is light but at the same time it's one of one it's, thing it's the beginning i feel like it's something that if it was going on and there wasn't any censorship on i wouldn't pay any attention to yeah it. yeah yeah it would just get left alone if it maybe one thing i'll pay attention to is if children are being taught that there's all the different genders at school like confusing children i don't agree with that because i feel like children should just be taught like facts Science, yeah. Science about that stuff. Um, and then be able to express their own creativity in in ways that they want to. Not being pushed certain ideologies and being told this is how it is. That's one thing with school, like, I feel like when we was at school, there was not really ideologies being pushed on us. There might have been some that we're still oblivious to now. Uh, maybe in history or something. But other than that, I don't think there was no like really politics didn't really come into school. No. Not at all. Um I didn't really care about politics at school. And then at the same time, like I'm seeing the, the kids um who were learning about this trans thing. Which it's it's a uh, it's like a sexuality choice. Let's say that this trans thing didn't even exist and it was just gay and lesbians. You don't get taught that in fucking school about being gay. Oh, you might be gay. Have you I remember it? when I was in year five, I called someone gay. <laughs> And then I got taken to the head teacher. And he's like, "What?" He goes, "When did you fight or hear this word?" I said, <laughs> I "Heard it on TV." <laughs> and he's like, "All right, he goes, don't you can't go around calling people that." Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you learn about it at school. Like you learn it on TV or through your friends talking about it. Yeah, but now it's it, actually part of like the syllabus. Do you want to call it? Yeah, like the curriculum. Curriculum, yeah. Hmm. But 
Yeah, well, maybe, I mean, maybe in like high school, there should be some, some mention of it. Do you know what I mean? Be aware. Yeah. But I don't think it should be something you really teach to primary school children. Because I think it's a choice that, or in high school is when you're going through like puberty and you're probably going to make, you probably start realizing then if you're not attracted to women. And then if kids are being taught that, all right, there are people who are attracted to the other sex in high school, then they'll be like, all right, maybe that's why I don't like women. Maybe and then that makes sense. But if you're in primary school being taught that there's 36 different genders and about homosexual relationships, they're just going to confuse the child. They don't, they don't really, a primary school kid isn't like, doesn't really know what a relationship is. Yeah, you don't really get that until you've gone through, well, start going through puberty. Yeah, when your hormones kick in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, like, you just think, like, you don't really like girls, like, when you're in primary school. Like, yeah, that's the thing, right? The yeah, yeah, exactly, that's the thing. So these are getting taught that, do you know, like, when we was in primary school and like, an adult will be like, oh, you fancy her, and you're like, oh, no, she's disgusting. You're that age where you're like, oh, no, I don't fancy her, that's disgusting. If you're at that age and they're saying, oh, you might not be attracted to the other gender, and you're going to be like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't like yeah, yeah. And then you're going to go through life thinking, oh, I mean. And they're I'm so not. easily, like, I think kids are so easily, like, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Fucking hell. Mine's gone blank today. Manipulated. Not manipulated, because I think that's a bit of a harsh word. Oh, I know what you mean. Sort of like, um, led astray. Yeah, like, you can easily, like, Tell a child something and they believe Gullible. it. Gullible. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're young, aren't they? They don't know. They think you're an adult, you know. So you tell that. Uh, if I said something to our oh, nephew, he'll probably be like, all right, and then go back and tell his mum and dad like as if it's gospel. But yeah, then you can't I just don't think you should be teaching kids too much about relationships at a young age and let them figure themselves out first until they're in high school when they're at mature age and start teaching about relationships. I think it's true though, like, I just don't think children need to know about it. No. It's, I don't know, it's just, it's just creating a, a bit of a funky generation that's going to come out at the end of this. Um, because we're not, we're not actually seeing the long-term effects on this. Uh, this has happened recently, right? So. I don't know, let's wait a couple of years and see what that generation is actually like in high school. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, but another thing I just want to quickly go back to is what you were saying about uh, Michael Mallets. And he... I don't know if that would work. I would like to think it would work, but letting everyone go free might work for a few years, but then people are going to go into their own tribes sooner or later. And... I guess it's human nature to... Uh... It's something that I want to look more into because I can't picture it. Well, is it not the white... Is his book called The White Pill? I think so. Yeah, The White Pill. A tale of good and evil. I might listen to his initial... His first Rogan 
podcast called Argo. I'm guessing he goes into it quite deep on that. He's been on Rogan like seven, six or yeah, seven times, hasn't he? A few times, yeah. He must have a book on this theory that he's got. So I do think like my political leanings, I wouldn't say I'm a full anarchist, but I'm more, I lean more that way than, what's the other, what's the opposite of it? Socialism or? Well, I don't know if anarchist. Totalitarianism. Anarchist is, is, I don't know, but is it not just completely different to the narratives of any sort? Well, do you remember that uh, political thing we looked at? The, it's like a cross graph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? See, somebody who sits on the right and on the right of the libertarian, right in that corner. I'd say he's an anarchist, free market capitalist kind of guy. Mm, right, okay. He wants like, the market just to run itself and society to run itself. I'd probably say I sit, if you move left a little bit. No, a bit more, sorry. Move more towards the center. Yeah. Yeah, right, and then move it up. Uh, down a little bit. I'll probably say you sit around here. Maybe a bit more right to the right on the uh, left-leaning economic thing. Maybe bang in the middle of that square, to be fair. Yeah, I'll tell you around there. Hmm. So, who would you put in this category up here? Like, I think that's uh, pure tyranny, that. Mm. And then this side, like, pure Marxist, like Stalin. And then down here, you've just got oh, down there. I don't know how that would work. Where's the UK on that thing? No, thing? there's loads of them. I think it's different people from different places. All oh, right. I'm trying to see if there's one with people on. Oh, this is uh, 1984. Satan's Gate, what useful idiots. Fascism, God, family and morals, Nazis, 1984. I don't know what. So I said 1984? Surely not. What? 1984. What? The book. I think that's what they're talking about, yeah. You see what they're doing though, they're putting them, they're sub, subcategorizing the categories. Yeah. Yeah, That's but they're a bit weird uh, subcategories. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to find one that has people. <laughs> Empire of the Illuminati. Confederate Republic. Our fascism sits in the middle. I thought that was like rather right. So I take the Hitler well, one. I wouldn't take this as gospel, I don't know. <laughs> Anarchy is on the left. Anarchy's here. Yeah. But his book, Anarchist, is going against what the supposed version of an anarchy is. All ah, right. So I don't know. I think I, it might be worth a read. Anarcho-communism, anarcho-collectivism, ultra-anarchism. 
Anarcho-Kapitalism. Yeah, so they put fascism in the top right. That's where I thought it should go. Fundamentalism, nationalism, socialism, conservatism, liberalism. It's dead centre. Socialisms. Decent graphics. It'd be interesting to do that quiz again, actually. Yeah, at this point in time. Yeah. Because I think, when did we do it? It must have been about a year ago. Just over a year ago. Yeah, the political compass. I think I did sit close to where I said then. Maybe I've gone a little bit more right. I was left, weren't I? I think so. I was just left off centre, even. But I also think... Um, do you think because of today's political climate, I'm putting myself further that way? Because I feel like there's been a shift in where I think I am politically. Yeah, maybe just try the quiz again and answer the questions as honestly as you think. Yeah. yeah I'll try again before we do our next pod. Right, we'll both do it. Come back to it. Shall we wrap this one up? Where does ChatGPT fall on the political compass? That's what's come up as one of the articles. What does it say? It says a year on this. Oh, someone's asked it the question, didn't they? Very left-leaning, isn't it? It is left-leaning. Can you even ask it the questions? Watch this. I put Hitler there. Reagan, <laughs> Trump, Bush, Russia, China, Marxism. GPT, Gandhi. Vietnam. The thing is, these are just people's opinions. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess it depends if you're doing it, how far left you are. Yeah. You're going to put everyone on the right. Yeah, exactly. It's just you're biased to the ones. It's impossible to do that unless you get like an average from a large set of people. Yeah, if you get like 100 plus people to do it and then just average it out. Yeah. You should do it. It'll be interesting, actually, though. What would we go about getting people to put these on this board? See, like, this was done in 20... So, all right, for example, this one here was done in 
2020, right? The US presidential candidates. And one thing I've noticed is G Tulsi Gabbard has been put there. That's in 2020. I bet whoever did this was to do it today, she wouldn't be there. Yeah, I bet she's more, moves more to the right, isn't it? Yeah. And up. I wouldn't say up. I don't think she's authoritarian. I think maybe down. Libertarian down here. Not that far down there. Yeah. Or maybe they'd leave her in the same left or right, or maybe move her down libertarian wise. I think that's about right. Now. I would say so. But then someone else might not agree. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's whoever's done this and if they are left leaning people. And after Gabbard's action, Tulsi Gabbard's actions, they would put her on the side against them. Yeah. Just naturally. Well, where would he put Trump? I'd say he's further down on the libertarian thing than that. Yeah, I would put him maybe around here. All right. Let's wrap right. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks everyone for listening. See you next week.